Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, November 12th, and we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 159, the last paragraph that begins a year and six months later. Today's readers are Paula, Devorah, Chelsea, and Dew. Um, our uh, 12 steps will be read by Amy W. and the 12 traditions by Daia. The reference number for yesterday's meeting, which was Monday, November 11th, is 5441. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. As a, at a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amy W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone, and good morning, Kathy. Um, my name is Amy W., Compulsive Overeater from California. Twelve Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Amy W. I will now ask Daia to read the 12 traditions. Uh, good morning, everyone. 
I'm Daia, a recovered compulsive overeater from Illinois. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, OA and OA group are never endorsed finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every um, OA group ought to be full of self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine OA as such are never being organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Daia. How our meeting works. Our meeting uh, focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 159, the very last paragraph, which begins a year and six months later. I will ask Paula to begin our reading. This is Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. A year and six months later, 
these three had succeeded with seven more. Seeing much of each other, scarce an evening passed that someone's home did not shelter a little gathering of men and women, happy in their release, and constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to some newcomer. In addition to these casual get-togethers, it became customary to set apart one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone or everyone interested in a spiritual way of life. Aside from fellowship and sociability, the prime object was to provide a time and a place where new people might bring their problems. Well, we'll start in the beginning here. It's always a good place to start. So we find a year and six months later, and I'm not going to repeat every line, even though every line, boy, you could read it over and over again, had succeeded with seven more. Remember what came together, broken, wounded, alcoholics. That's what they were. If anything, they were walking away from each other. They were walking into the disease, but look at the difference here. We see them now seeing much of each other, scarce an evening passed that someone's home did not shelter. Now, we know a shelter is a, a protected place, a protected place, and that's where they went, happy in their release. Now, they use these words, release. It's almost, you, see, you can almost see them. They're released into finally a life of living. They're coming together, not drawing apart, and constantly thinking, now, you want to talk about transformation. These people constantly thought, and as I did, as I did, about myself. No. How they might present their discovery to some newcomer. At the end of each meeting, do not we ask for the newcomer. If the tables were turned, you see, I was a newcomer and I was welcomed. In addition, and then look at, so even with all that, now that's wonderful. No, no. They set apart a night a week. Every week, a night was set apart. For anyone and everyone, no exclusion here, very clear. Let me think. Anyone or everyone interested in a spiritual way of life, they're the steps and they're God. I like this. The prime object here was to provide a time in a place. How precious time in a place where new people, they didn't know, might bring their problems so he said, well, gee, we don't want to just talk about your problems. Honey, we don't come in with nothing but problems. We're not a happy lot. If I was a happy lot, I wouldn't have come on a meeting. What would I be looking for? The other thing, where they might bring their problems. For here in the big book, there you find there is a solution. There is a solution. So we see continued lives changing and wanting to give to others what they found. They're the gold mine, unending. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Well, this is Kathy. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered, and I'll take this opportunity to share. I'm really struck by um, the fact that they gathered almost every evening at people's homes. Um, and I think, um, I I know I was just saying recently how much 
phone meetings have expanded the possibilities uh, for me to stay in touch with my program of recovery. Um, at the same time, when I read this, I realize that being face-to-face -face in an informal setting um, with newcomers is so powerful. Um, and uh, we do our best to uh, replicate that on the phone bridge. Um, but I, I am in awe at how people back then without technology uh, made it happen and showed up at each other's homes and even extended themselves beyond the immediate group they already knew uh, to provide an open meeting um, where everybody was in, invited to come. And, uh, it, you know, I'm grateful that we continue that basic tradition uh, when we uh, create meetings, whether they're face-to-face -face or on the telephone, um, we are standing on the shoulders of this first group um, that made the effort to get together, and they knew that it was the only way they would uh, keep their own recovery. Um, and uh, that's exactly what we need to do today. Um, and we're blessed to have not only face-to-face -face meetings, but these bridge meetings as well, and therefore can reach people who are in outposts um, and who don't have the uh, local face-to-face -face opportunities. And with that, I'll pass. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Elaine Nasher. It's Katie. Okay, Elaine and then Katie. Go ahead, Elaine. Hi, this is Elaine, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. And um, I just love this paragraph, and it makes me think of uh, the part of the book that talks about that, you know, a vision for you, that we find the fellowship that we crave. And um, as, a, as a compulsive overeater, you know, my face was in a bag, a box, or a refrigerator. And even if I was in a room full of people, family, people I knew well, work gatherings, I was watching the food. I, you know, watching people's lips move as they tell me what's happening in their lives, but I'm thinking about who's going to eat that cookie on the table and will they notice if I take another piece. And um, yet there's something, there's a, a common solution that brings people together that have no other for for you know they would not be together for any other reason and the thing that i so value and appreciate is that i can come as i am with the problems that i'm facing with life as life is happening um with an intention to serve with an intention to listen to a a, a fifth step or a tenth step or try to bring somebody through the um bring somebody through the steps, or have someone do that for me. And I can bring my real life, my real situations, what's really happening to me, so that I don't have to turn back to the food, so I don't have to turn back to that lonely, lonely world of just, um, you know, trying to find ease and comfort in a bag of box or a, a refrigerator. And... Um, 
come, be, being still what I consider new to a vision for you, I, I see it happening for me, beginning to, um, to get to know people, and I, and I, and I hear the camaraderie, and I, and I see the fellowship. And um, that satisfies at a level that uh, no food could ever do. And one of the things that I so appreciate, even though it's not a situation where I'm going from room to room, um, is the promises um, in the ninth step that fear of people will leave us. I was in the rooms of OA for, you know, over nine years before I came into this program. And even though I had relationship with people and I knew people, there was a fear of people and I wasn't pursuing relationship at a, at a level that, um, that I feel released to now. And it is a miracle of the program. And the only thing that I can say is that I worked those steps. I cleared out the wreckage between me and others. I got that refrigerator out from between us. I have a clearer connection with God. But I really do have a better focus on my fellows. I'm walking into situations not looking what I can get out of this or not looking at what, what's on the table, but what I can bring to the situation and how to be there. And um, thank you so much for letting me share with that. Attack. Thank you, Elaine. Katie, you're next. Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, can you hear me? Yes, I can, Katie. Okay. Um, a year and six months later, these three had succeeded with seven more. I mean, you know, 18 months. If we had, if that would be like where we are now with a vision for you. If there were only 10 people on this line, would we still be here? Probably not because we, our society is so, um, you know, everything's got to be just so and we have to... Uh, we have to see progress or we give up, you know. We, and uh, so I just think it's amazing that, you know, they saw that as success, that seven more people had joined them 18 months later. You know, I just checked a minute ago and there's 200 people on this line. Now, I can't tell you if those 200 people are the same 200 people that were here a year ago. You know, I don't know. But I do have people in my life and it is a group of only about 10 people that I have gone through everything with, um, you know, for years and years. And to tell you the truth, to say the people that have gone through it with me for these 26 years, it is only three people. But, you know, that's what it's all about, is that we keep um, carrying the message. You know, this last sentence said, aside from fellowship and sociability, the prime object was to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems. And so we are constantly making ourselves available to help people to learn how to go through life differently. You know, anything that I have uh, going on in my life, I can um, call someone and say, how do you handle this situation? You know, how do you, you know, what do you do when you're, um, you know, two-year-old stomps her feet and, and won't get out of the car? Or what do you do when your 15-year-old, you know, refuses to um, do anything you ask them to do? Or um, how do you handle a difficult boss? Or how do you, you know, holidays are approaching. How do you handle that? And, you know, we're here 
on this line and in our in the daily life um, with each other so that we can learn how to be different. This isn't a you know a diet club where you come in and you lose weight and everybody's happy for you and then you march out on your way. Uh, we are in this for the long haul through thick and thin. And um, you know, I'm just so grateful to not focus on the number of people that I have talked to over the years and I don't know where the heck they are. You know, it makes me very sad, but I can say, you know, my involvement with them at the time kept me abstinent. And, you know, I haven't moved. I am still here working this program one day at a time and I would be there for those people, whether I knew them a year ago or a decade ago, if they wanted to talk about recovery. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Leah. Leah, go ahead. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Happy in their release and constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to some newcomer. Um, to me, this is reinforcing that meetings are for the newcomer. Um, and that discovery, you know, what is that discovery? The discovery is is not about the mere elimination of alcohol. The discovery is that uh, these steps, these group of principles are spiritual in their nature and when practiced as a way of life, not only expel, not only drive out that obsession of the mind that compelled us to keep going back to that first bite or in these cases, first drink, um, but enable the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. Their lives were being rehabilitated. They were finding new order in their lives. They were finding renewed lives. Uh, they were, as the big book talks about, you know, reborn. Not in body, obviously, but in outlook, in attitude, in um, ideas and emotions regarding their lives. Uh, this was a message that they carried, and they carry it to the newcomer. Um, you know, and that is the whole point of meetings. You know, each group has a primary purpose, and that primary purpose is to carry a message, and it's a very specific message carried by a very specific group of people, those who have had that experience. What is that experience that they were carrying? Well, they had been restored to sanity. They had soundness of mind now. They were relieved of the obsession to drink. They were walking this planet free men and women. They had something to give. They had had a spiritual awakening, a personality change um, sufficient to bring about recovery. This was a very specific message that they were offering the newcomer. You know, there is a time and a place to take, 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 take. You know, before one is recovered and you get to a meeting, you can take, 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 take. But then after having had a spiritual awakening and been restored to sanity, now one has a message to carry. Now one has a message to carry. Uh, you know, oftentimes in AA meetings, you know, they'll tell the... the, the uh, pigeons of the room, you know, the babies, you know, to uh, remain quiet the first few months. Well, I think that's a fair and reasonable statement to sit down, shut up, and listen. <laughs> Be 
because really that's the kinder and gentler thing to do for a newcomer. Because at that point they have nothing to give. That doesn't mean that they're not valuable. It just means that they are there to learn and the recovered people have the responsibility and the duty, and obviously we do it out of pleasure and love, to give. To give. You know, we have all kinds of atmospheres. This is talking about a meeting. That's an atmosphere. Retreats are atmospheres. Conventions are atmospheres. You know, all of these elements are there to support each individual as they move through the steps. It goes on to say here, it became customary to set apart one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone or everyone interested in a spiritual way of life. Aside from fellowship and sociability, the prime object was to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems. Again, the emphasis is on the new person, and that's our signalness of purpose. Our entire fellowship exists to communicate the good news of recovery. And who is equipped to carry that good news than people who have experienced that? And that's exactly how this thing grew. This thing grew by those who had found recovery, who had been recovered, and now had a message to carry. And when you are in an atmosphere, whether it's on a phone line or within it's in a face-to-face meeting, and you have people come together, young, old, men, women, black, white, from all nooks and crannies of the nation and around the globe, from every socioeconomic bracket and from every educational uh, place on the spectrum, and we come together standing in harmony on one solution, that is very powerful. We don't come together with our own personal philosophy or our own personal opinion or our own uh, complaints about this and that in our personal lives. You know, that, that we save for perhaps one-on-one uh, phone conversations. But we come together to carry a message, and that message is a message of hope. That's a message of we have had a spiritual a malady which has been overcome by implementing these 12 steps, having had a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Is there anyone else who wants to share on this paragraph? <laughs> okay, I heard Alice, and who else? Baruch. Alice, Baruch, and I think there's one more. Sally. Sally. Okay, great. We'll go in that order. Alice, you want to start? Alice? Press star one to unmute. Oh, this is Alice. I didn't. I didn't. Um, it wasn't me that said I wanted to share. Sorry. Are you not sharing then? Okay, Baruch. No, no, I didn't speak up. Oh, sorry, Baruch. Yes. Hi. Hi. This is Bracha. Um, I'm. I'm new to this meeting. I'm a recovering food addict. I just wanted to make one comment about this paragraph that. It sounds like they met together, you know, every night of the week, but that, you know, as a casual get-together, but then one night a week was the meeting where they invited the newcomers. And, I mean, I am I am not recovered, although I have been 
around the twelve step rooms for decades. But I am I'm on I'm on the path, you know, and I know I'm not recovered because I still uh, anyway, I'm not happy, joyous, and free. I am abstinent by the grace of God. Um, but um, I had a point, and I um, just give me one second. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, because yesterday we were, or maybe two day, a few days. Yesterday we were talking about. Um, you know, the balance of how much service and how much, I guess what I'm trying to say is that just for today, for me, you know, self-care, I'm still, I'm still learning how, how to put myself first. And, you know, as I've heard on this meeting many times, I, you know, until, until I am recovered, I don't have, I don't have anything to give, even though, you know, I want to think that I do. So, um, just to remind myself, you know, of I have my own way of doing the the OA two step you know get abstinent and then and then to carry the message and I don't have a lot of message to carry and yeah I need to shut up and listen thank you Baruchah in Memphis thank you Baruchah and Sally thank you good morning vision for you this is Sally recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I wanted to um, just say a couple of things here about these first couple of lines that really spoke to my heart. First of all, when I read a year and six months later, these three had succeeded. I thought, what do you mean these three? I thought we had four at this point. I thought we just had alcoholic number four. And then I you know, I went up a little bit higher and I saw that actually Bill W. had returned home, it says in the paragraph before, that he left behind um, his three acquaintances, the lawyer, um, the, I'm sorry, the first acquaintance, Dr. Bob, the lawyer, and the devil-may-care chap. So when it says these three, I realized they're saying to me, we're talking about these three guys, Dr. Bob, Bill Dodson, and the devil-may-care chap. These are the three guys. And it goes on to say that in this 18-month period, they had succeeded with seven more. And, you know, my reaction was much like um, someone who spoke a few moments ago, seven, that's all, seven people? I mean, three guys could only bring seven people to recover, the land of recovered and it goes on to say seeing much of each other scarce on an evening passed at someone's home did not shelter a little gathering of men and women and here's what I want to talk about happy in their release and constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to some new cover new newcomer and so you know I'm reminded of the bottom of XVII where it tells us that the flying blind period ended and AA entered a new phase of its pioneering time. That happened in 1939 when this book was published. It goes on to say at the bottom of XVII, with the appearance of the new book, a great deal began to happen. So here's these three guys. They're in Akron, Ohio, and they're meeting together, and they're happy in their release. I'm sure they're relieved. I feel the same way every single day. I'm, I'm overjoyed with the release that being recovered um, as opposed to just being abstinent brings. And yet they're constantly thinking, how are we going to bring this discovery to some newcomer? Because they don't have the book yet. And that's why 18 months later, we see only seven more are added to their numbers. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Sally. 
Okay, why don't we move on to the next paragraph, and Devorah, would you read it for us? Hi, this is Devorah. Good morning, everyone. This is Devorah in New Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Outsiders became interested. One man and his wife placed their large home at the disposal of the strangely assorted crowd. This couple has since become so fascinated, they have dedicated their home to their work, to the work. Many a distracted wife has visited this house to find loving and understanding companionship among women who knew, their prob- knew her problem, to hear from the lips of their husbands what had happened to them, to be advised how her own wayward mate might be hospitalized and approached when next he stumbled. And... Um, you know what this I'm just absolutely amazed. So now it's like extending out to other people. Um, people heard about this and they too want to get interested um, and and develop what they can to this program. Um, here's a couple giving their house. Um, you know how amazing is that? You know in my neighborhood, I can't even find sometimes a place to find a meeting. Uh, the or the institutions in my my town don't want to uh, give their their spare rooms because whatever reason. And here is a, a, a couple who's giving their whole house. Um, and that's absolutely amazing. Um, here, a woman, a distracted wife, has visited this house so many times to find the companionship among other people who, who, have, who can help her. And that's how I felt when I first came to my first OA meeting. You know, I wasn't alone anymore. You know, for me, you know, being in the disease of compulsive overeating, I felt that nobody understood. Nobody understands being the dark, lonely pit. And um, here it's written, there's a place where a woman, anyone, can find the understanding of someone else who's been through it. And they, too, it gives a lot, a lot of hope. And they, too, can climb out of that pit, um, whether they themselves is the alcoholic or the spouse who is, um, watching um, their husband, their wife, uh, fighting this disease. And um, it, it gives a lot of hope. It gives a lot of hope um, to, the, to, the, to the family that there is a place that they can come and, um, and get the help that they need. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Devorah. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? I this Sarah. is Sippy. Okay, I heard Sippy, and I heard, I think, Sarah before Sippy. Is that right? Yes, Kathy, thank you. Okay, go ahead, Sarah. Thank you, Kathy. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay. Um, well, I just wanted to bring in the, um, the that this is a family disease, obviously, and that, um, you know, uh, the idea that the families could come and get the support, you know, the whole Al-Anon issue, that it is a family disease, that, you know, our disease is a family disease. Um, You know, it's not just about the food. And I wanted to bring that up also. When it talks about, um, in the the previous paragraph, about um, how they were able to talk about their problems, their problems weren't all alcohol. It's not all the food. And I think that's the hugest issue that I think a lot of people um, 
fail to to realize that that the steps is the way not only to um, get the food in a neutral place for us, um, but that we have to cease fighting anything and anybody. And that's what my whole life was based on before recovery. And when I'm not, you know, really spiritually connected, I'm still fighting everybody and everything because my disease is about lack of maturity and the fact that, um, you know, I want my way. And I'm uh, when I'm in my disease, I'm incapable of having compassion for what other people's needs are because it's all about me. And so I, I love the idea um, of the uh, the fact that they they were open to the whole family, that it wasn't just about, in quotes, them. And I think that is a very spiritual part of our program, to get outside of ourselves, to start to realize that the world is not all about what we want, but it's about what we can give. And that's where the joy and the peace come in. You know, like somebody on this line says, and I say it too, you know, trust God, clean house, and help others. And that is the whole gist of it. It's not just helping our fellows that are other compulsive readers. It's about helping people and getting outside of ourselves. And, you know, I work the three programs. I'm, I'm in all three. I call myself a trifecta, and I typically don't say that. But the only reason I say that now is because in AA, what I have found is that, first of all, there's more people that um, that are open to wanting to change. I don't know if it's because they hit a heavier bottom or what, uh, or maybe they're willing to put down the food, or maybe because the food is such a social part of our, our culture. But it is, um, we, we do have a family disease, and there is such joy in dedicating our lives and our homes to the idea that we're going to help others. And, uh, you know, compassion and um, love and tolerance to be utilized in the family has huge implications on how it will affect the children, how it will affect, you know, the, the scope of it is so huge. So uh, I encourage people. And, and one thing I wanted to say is that the newcomer has a place in helping others. Um, not only, you know, they can share where they're at, and that brings me back to where I've been. And that's what the whole program's about. If I don't remember where I've been, I'm not going to want what I have and want to keep on growing. So I appreciate everybody that's on the line, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Sippy? Uh, Hi, good morning. Do you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi, good morning. A vision for you. Thank you for your service. This is Sippy, a recovered compulsive overeater in Canada. So this couple has since become so fascinated that they have dedicated their home to the work. Um, being recovered and going through the 12 steps and having a new lens to see the, word, the world, that's, that is so fascinating. And that's what really put, um, pulled me along as I listened to this meeting, listening to all the re- recovered compulsive overeaters and that's what gave me hope was hearing the happiness and the recovery in 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 their lives and um and now that I'm able to carry the message 
I can I can really say that it is fascinating to do God's work and to see other people recovering and that you're able to be a guide on the side and give them hope and hand over what has so freely been given to me is it's it's just so fascinating and and wonderful and it brings humanity together whoever we're dealing with so many different people for so many different places. I work with people that I've never even met, and I'm just very grateful. And this is a very hopeful and wonderful program and fellowship, and I thank you all. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Sippy. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Sharon. This is Sharon. Okay, I heard two Sharons. Sharon R S. Sharon H. Yeah, the Sharon from Minnesota. Yes, thank you, Kathy. Good morning. Good morning to all. I'm grateful to be here. This is Sharon, recovered compulsive overeater. The thing that really strikes me in this reading is is the sentence that uh, or the phrase that said that uh, one night a week for a meeting, they set aside one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone or everyone interested in a spiritual way of life, spiritual way of life. I was thinking back to when I first started going to OA meetings. And as a matter of fact, for many, many years, there was no discussion of a spiritual way of life. I don't even recall that at all. And I was looking here on page 52. It says, when we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas, our ideas did not work. But the God idea did. But the God idea did. And oftentimes, what I have seen in program is that people get their idea of what the recovery should be like. And there is a lot of pushback and resistance toward accepting God, toward God, and we get it in in our rooms, in our meeting, people come in and they hear the God thing, and they want to get up and walk out, and I can see why they're meeting every day, these other, having these other meetings where they're talking to people in small groups, one-to-one, so that when they do come to the meeting where everyone comes who's interested in a spiritual way of life, then they can talk about the spiritual recovery there needs to be uh, in our communities, in our meetings, our message has to have that strong message of recovery. And it has to be around the God idea. And in our one-to-one conversations with newcomers, that's when we have to work with them to expel their resistance to a higher power. But it must be talked because our ideas did not work. We really would like to have a, 
a way to come in and get a sheet of paper, a gray sheet, pink sheet, orange sheet, a food plan, work that food plan, make some calls, work some tools, and get recovered. But the reality is that alone, those are the aids that keep us connected to each other and to a higher power. But they are not our higher power. So the God idea is something that we must emphasize in our meetings, in our recovery, because this recovery is a recovery that is spiritual in nature. It is a spiritual, it is about connecting to a power greater than ourselves. And then, first we get connected, but that's not enough. We have to grow along spiritual lines. Step 11. So this is about God, but it's the God of our understanding. And we just need to be open, open to accepting that there is a God and that God is there for us to aid us to help us, but we need to have those discussions because that's where the recovery is, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. And the other Sharon from Colorado. Sharon, star one, can you hear Kathy, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, thank you. This is Sharon, uh, Recovered Compulsive Overager in Colorado, and thank you for everyone on the line. Welcome to the newcomers, and I just encourage you to keep coming back. Um, I, too, was one of those. I have been in the rooms of the 12-step programs for many years, and I uh, started in OA in 1981, and really most of my life I was obsessed with food, weight, and dieting, but it was all about vanity, really. I wanted to look good on the outside, but I didn't know that the inside was the job that really only God could do for me. And I also did not concede to my innermost being, actually, until I started listening to this meeting in July of 2012, that there are certain substances that I must not um, put even a, a, a little bit, that first bite, in my mouth. And because of listening to this step study, beginning in the doctor's opinion, uh, I finally, uh, by God's grace, understood that that was the thing that kept me from being able to stay stopped. I could get abstinent, but I could not stay stopped. I was always, oh, this diet will work, or that diet will work, or uh, this plan, or that plan. But um, I am just so grateful that now I'm on step 10, And I am seeing the difference. And what I saw in those principles, four through nine, was I was able to see in a totally different uh, light uh, how I always wanted my way. You know, I want people to do what I want them to do. Um, And there was always an underlying motive, like, well, I'm in a hurry, so I need to be first in line. I don't don't want to wait in line for these eight people ahead of me at the post office. And And just stuff like that, you know, that would cause me to be restless, irritable, and discontent, but with no way 
to uh, pause and pray and use the steps to overcome that so that I would not go back and delve into the food. And it is this camaraderie, the principles of this program, and our, our um, being able to trudge this road to happy destiny together that has made such a difference in my life. So thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Anyone else who wants to share on this paragraph? This is Janice. Go ahead, Janice. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everybody on Vision for You this morning. This is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So I love how these two paragraphs begin to paint a picture for us. They begin to paint a picture for us. So here were these people gathering together, finding a solution, finding a way out of this problem they had. And aside from fellowship and sociability, the prime object was to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems. Where new people might bring their problems. And then because of that, because AA was starting to grow, families were starting to be reunited and people were starting to make sense of their lives again, outsiders became interested. Other people began seeing this movement and they wanted to contribute to it. You know, I like to say this, this program, if you are new to us, if you are new to OA, or if you have yet to find the recovery you seek, don't don't stop before the miracle happens. Keep coming back. And you can do this shallow or you can do this deep. You know, you can do this shallow or you can do this deep. You can dive in like these people did and begin gathering. But why were they gathering together? It says, it says on XXVI, that these allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all. And once having formed a habit and found they cannot break it, once having lost their self-confidence, their reliance upon things human, their problems pile up on them and become astonishingly difficult to solve. So when you come into recovery and you think you have all these problems, here are other people who have experienced that too. You know, these wives coming, maybe their husband hasn't yet found recovery. And they come and they find hope there. And they find out that there is a way out for their partner, for their loved one. And yet they find themselves lifted up and set on their feet as well. You know, so that's what was happening. This movement was growing because they were finding out that more than just the alcoholic could benefit. More than just the compulsive overeater could benefit. And we gather together for mutual support and understanding and encouragement. Now, just because we only meet here on a telephone line doesn't mean we don't begin to share our lives. You know, it doesn't mean that we don't begin to talk to each other one-on-one about our problems and find ways to apply these spiritual principles so that everything changes. And that's the wonderful thing about this program is that it began to be seen by outsiders as well. And people began to want to help because they could see something at work here. People finding their higher power, just like we're beginning to see here too. You know, people began to find that spiritual way out 
and realize that how they can approach still someone else. They begin to grab hold, find a solution, and then they want to share it with someone else. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Who else would like to share? Good morning, this is Leah from New York. Hello, may I share? Go ahead, Leah. Um, I just wanted to say that um I first of all I want to thank everybody who's on the line all the time and who shares all the time. Um, but what I wanted to say was that it was only because of the welcome to the newcomer and the consistent encouragement to keep coming back that I am, thank God now, where I am and I continue to be able to use this program to grow in it. And um, that um, to focus on the newcomer and the encouragement to the newcomer and the reaching out to the newcomer is a lifeline not only for the newcomer but for those who've been in and around the rooms because it keeps the program fresh. The only way to, to keep it is to give it away. So um, what I'm hearing in, the, in these paragraphs is the necessity to consistently and continuously reach out and embrace the newcomer and um, share what um, the recovered people have and how they've gotten it, and be there as a guide and as a role model for the newcomer so the newcomer can get the freedom and the happiness and the serenity that those who've been there before have achieved. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, everyone, who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, will Ch- uh, Chelsea, would you read that for us, a vision for you? Yes, I'll, this is Chelsea, recovered in South Jersey today. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.